Hello and welcome to another episode of Candid Talks with Bharat V. This is Bharat Vatsa, your host of the show. And in today's episode, we'll be talking to Shelly Bhasin, a lawyer with almost 25 years of experience and a partner in Agrawal Law Associates, one of India's leading litigation firms. She is one of the three lawyers who resolved India's largest bankruptcy case and now have set their sights on a new bigger target and want more and more women in the courts. India has seen women in top political offices as prime minister and president and chief ministers and in top corporate jobs as well and yet it remains deeply patriarchal in its attitudes. तो चलिए बातों का सिलसिला शुरू करते हैं विद शली भसीन और जानते हैं हाउ शी अलॉन्ग विद अदर्स रिप्रेजेंट अ चेंज इन इंडियाज लीगल लैंडस्केप वे आर फाइंडिंग फीमेल रोल मॉडल्स इज हार्ड बट आर ऑल्सो रिमाइंडर्स दैट मोर नीड्स टू चेंज इन द नेशन प्लीज डो लिसन टू दिस एपिसोड टिल द एंड बिफोर वी बिगिन Please do not forget to subscribe to this podcast channel and you can connect with me on my Facebook page at Candid Talks with Bharat V. So let's welcome Shelly Hussain. Hi Shelly, thank you so much uh, for joining us today on the podcast Candid Talks with Bharat V. How are you doing? Very well, Bharat. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. So, for all our listeners, Shelly Vasin is a lawyer with almost twenty-five uh, years of experience, and she is a partner in Agrawal Law Associates, one of the India's leading uh, litigation firms. She also specializes in corporate litigation and appears before uh, Supreme Court, Delhi High Court, and other tribunals. So, Shelly, before we begin. Uh, just wanted to call out or rather read out few facts you know and please feel free to interrupt in case if i am wrong anywhere so until 1921 you know when the first female lawyer was allowed to practice in india and uh, women did not fit the description of the term person that time you know during those days as defined in the colonial era laws and the uh, guided legal practice so only in 1989 i believe after the independence uh, 42 years after independence uh, when a woman became a judge in india's top court and in 2009 a woman represented the federal government in courts am i correct in saying that in 1989 2009 no uh, in in the supreme court uh, we had fatima bivi long before that yeah so that was uh, 1989 42 years after independence yes. uh, when uh, uh, she became the judge and i yes. think in 2009 when uh, a woman represented the federal government uh, in courts and most of the high profile are among uh, who are leading the practice in delhi and mumbai so this inadequate pipeline you know which has led the shortage of the women in judiciary 
and as per the world bank study uh, i am not saying this uh, i believe among 122 economies with at least one female justice in higher judiciary india has the smallest share of women on the bench uh yeah could be actually now recently for the first time we had three women judges at the same time mm-hmm. one of them has just retired a few months ago okay. so we had three at a time which is a big thing before that since fatima bivi mm-hmm. we have only had one at a time um it could be a token you know to women being on 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 the central on the on the supreme court okay but we recently had three we still have two on them Mm-hmm. and uh, so that's big progress uh, so but in the yeah. in the high court especially in the delhi high court i can say for a fact there are a lot of women judges now okay so the reason you know i wanted to uh, call out these facts um, i i just wanted to understand i mean what is the main reason according to you why uh, you know uh, there is so shortage of women in the judiciary system and uh, is it because of the indian mentality of the male dominance is is that one of the factors see uh, how it trickles down is it if, if first there have to be enough women in the profession either in the lower judiciary or in the at the bar mm-hmm. okay it is from these women either they get promoted from the lower judiciary to higher judiciary yeah. or it is uh, from the bar that they are directly elevated uh, to the courts to the whether it's the high court or the supreme court and uh, so for that you need to have enough women in courts in the in practice to begin with right. so when i joined practice about 25 20 24 years ago there were hardly any women okay there were hardly any women in the profession and especially in the supreme court there was hardly any okay and uh, but now that's changed so as mm-hmm. now uh, especially in delhi bombay you know in the metropolitans the number of women have increased in the profession and therefore you are seeing higher representation in the judiciary also that's not to say that it, it's it's an ideal number yeah right it's still a long way to go but it's in, it's an improvement so do you think that you know the uh, number of women lawyers in our district courts uh obviously which is currently very poor that needs to increase before that representation increases in the higher judiciary system uh not in the trial court it's not necessary in the trial court mm-hmm. um, they need to increase all across say it's uh, usually um it is uh, it needs to increase in each court each forum Okay. whether it's the lower the trial courts the high court or the supreme court mm-hmm. or the tribunals they need to increase everywhere like i said um there's a phenomenal increase from the time i joined in 1996 okay. and um, uh, and now you you see women everywhere earlier you hardly saw anyone right uh, now you see women everywhere the younger the younger generation mm-hmm. people in the, in the last let's say 8 9 years the number of women have really increased in the profession again in the metropolitans i okay. don't think the number is so much in the smaller towns okay i don't think so 
so but then uh, how can this be turned around i mean how, how can you know uh, i i believe you know in the earlier days mostly like you know uh, every household the children either used to opt for uh, either engineering or medical uh, obviously law was a third option but that was primarily being taken up by the uh, male generation not the females uh and maybe it was because of the kind of uh, you know uh, uh, surroundings or the impact of the uh, you know uh, society that resulted into that but then now as more and more you know younger generation is coming up with more and more um, uh, exposure to the uh, judiciary system and to the uh, lot many things still the the way you know the number should have been increased you know it's not happening so how can this be turned around i mean according to you if i ask you what should be done no see um, any profession this is true of all professions that women are lesser in any profession than the men yeah. whether it is the medical field or it's the or engineering or or you take the legal field women are always less by numbers by the very fact that women are hindered by a lot of facts some some people a lot of our society is still not open to girls working outside or if they are okay with working then they want them to be just teachers they don't want so you know they don't want them long hours and you know they don't want their girls to do a profession like this which has long hours then they thought that medicine is a safer profession you hardly see women right. engineers you know they thought yeah. okay medical medicine is a respectable profession Correct. a tag of respectability right you know uh, perhaps it was not associated with law earlier right also also uh, in our profession um, the hours are really really long that's not to say about any other profession that they are not they don't have to work hard or their mm. hours are not long yeah but here you have you have to it is labor intensive the profession mm-hmm. it looks people see these you know these um, serials and they think it's a very glamorous profession and all right. that much not yeah it just looks glamorous it, it a lot of hard work goes into what is what comes out in court mm-hmm. uh, you know so for women also it's always a choice you know girls do enter the profession that's also at my time when also a lot of girls had joined but then you know um, sometimes they get married and they're not allowed to continue or they have children and they are not allowed to continue or they are not able to continue for various personal reasons so as a result the number of women in the profession dwindles but like i said things are things are changing they have changed and at least in cities uh, you see i have in my in our agarwal law associates mm-hmm. i think we have a 50 50 if not 50 then 60 40 ratio okay. of men and women okay. and that's true in a lot of um, law firms in in like i said in the metropolitans you see a lot mm-hmm. of them okay. uh, i i would say that we have one of the best ratios but like i said things are improving but these are factors which affect the, some some families do not like the long long hours they don't like their girls coming in late mm-hmm. in the night you know or uh, so do you think the, the safety can be one of the concern 
Yes, safety is definitely one of the concerns. Because uh, since it is very much directly, uh, maybe they have to work hand in hand with the the law enforcing, uh, you know, teams like police and uh, other specific. No, but uh, women in the criminal uh, legal system are still very few mm-hmm. because of these reasons. Um, uh, like I do criminal work at the higher judiciary level, which is high court or Supreme Court, but I don't do it at the trial courts level. I've never done it. Mm. I've gone to trial courts, but that's not my cup of tea. You know, dealing with the police, dealing at all those levels, that's not, it's a totally different ball game. Okay. Right? Okay. And so there are fewer, there are fewer girls at, at that level mm-hmm. uh, in, in the criminal um, legal system. But or criminal law practice, as we call it, and uh, but that's not so on the civil side. Uh, it's more to do with w- what families think. You know, each family has its own value system, and like I said, it's better in the cities. People mm-hmm. are more open-minded, and uh, you know, and it's not that the girls they have to understand. We don't send the girls home alone. There's always a care or there is, you know, somebody drops them or those kind of things. They have the girls also are independent. Usually they have their own cars, you know, for them to drive around. So it's all, it's all about safety, but it's all about the protection. You know how the younger Lord is now all have cars. When we joined, we didn't have, now they all have, and that's a smart choice that they all make. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So things are better, but again, it's not so in small towns, just like anything else. The, and it's not just to do with the legal field. I think the legal field, as opposed to medicine, still carries a, you know, a black mark. You know, it has a, people are not very comfortable with. Also, another thing is that people are not very comfortable with women who are lawyers, right. as in people don't want them as their daughters-in-law. Right. It's a common phenomena that I've heard. Mm-hmm. I have not faced it. I'm just saying that it's it's even in cities you find it. Find it, you know. It's okay. a joke which is made. It is a joke which is made that just because she's a lawyer, she will be. You know, all kind of jokes are made. Okay. At the end. So that's mm-hmm. uh, that's. I'm just saying that's the mentality of the people. Right. right. So, <laughs> so how did you? If I may ask you, how did you get into this field? I mean, what made you choose this field? No, so I had, uh, when I was, I was in Shillong doing my, um, I did my graduation from there. Yeah. And um, so I had some friends who were doing law there. Okay. And then I was interested in this. Shillong uh, Law College? No, no, I did it from, from law. They were doing from Shillong Law College. Okay. I was doing my graduation from St. Mary's. Okay. And, um, so some people were studying there and then I came down and my father said, why don't you go into this field? And, you know, we had this chat and then that's how I decided to enter the okay. field. My father so, did his law also. So oh. he keep telling me about the various, I read his books. So I was interested. So that's how. Okay. Even he has done the uh, law. Okay. He, was a, he was an army officer, but he did his law. So. Okay. So... Moving on now, coming to the interesting chapter of your life, I I wanted to talk about, you know, the 
uh, India's one of the India's largest bankruptcy case in which you were involved in. So, and uh, if we talk about that, can you tell us, uh, our listeners, what that case was all about? And I, I believe that was uh, around uh, 5.6 billion of uh, you know dollars that was recovered. About, you're talking about the Reliance. the sr steel and uh, arcelor metal uh, case no so basically sr steel went through a bad very bad phase mm-hmm. you know steel prices went down and so they were facing a lot of basically that was a big thing and they were heavily heavily leveraged their balance sheet was heavily leveraged as in there were a lot of loans which okay. they had taken and then they were not able to uh repay those loans service their loan uh, their debt agreements in time as a result uh, you know um, then this law had come in the bankruptcy law when it mm-hmm. came insolvency and bankruptcy act when it was brought into force it was basically it's a largely draconian law okay so it kind of so earlier what happened was that the bankers would give them more time would re, uh, uh and you know restructure the loan giving mm. them more time uh, giving them putting different conditions this mm. this worked both for the banks as well as the companies but as you know in our system we have seen so many of defaulters right. you know they defaulted and they ran away from the country or they were siphoning off and they did yeah. not pay yeah. and we have had these scams and all so the government in order to overcome them came come came up with this absolutely blanket act they said that if you can't pay your debts by a certain period mm-hmm. then you the the banks have to file for insolvency okay. against you okay so uh, so there is no choice given so the banks had to file for insolvency and then it took its own course and uh, so then at some point you see what happens is that you want to save the company right. rather than so that you know you can draw value out of the company mm-hmm. because sr steel was a huge company and it had a lot Absolutely. of value yeah it is yeah. just that they were not being able to service the loans right so rather than you know if you go into liquidation of a company then you just break it up you know Correct. think yeah. of a machine and you just break up its part and sell it like scrap you yeah. don't get yeah. much value Absolutely. so the value is to save the company so then you know there is a bridge so the banks call for there is a committee of creditors and on the whole not i'm not going to bore you with the whole mm-hmm. thing yeah. and then they call call for bids then okay. arcelor metal was the most success was the successful bidder there was a lot of litigation okay amongst sr steel and them amongst other creditors came against it mm-hmm. against this bid so there were a lot of lot of litigation concerning that bid where okay. not by sr steel but by other stakeholders and uh, ultimately it went with S- S- arcelor metal bought over sr steel and the debts oh, okay. so there was a resolution plan okay. there was a resolution plan by which you know you have to come the, the buyer has to come up with the resolution plan how to pay off the debts of the banks and of the right. other creditor right. of course everyone has to take a haircut yeah but yeah. Uh, so it was the successful resolution applicant Um, so this entire so case was initiated by the banks if i am not mistaken yes yes okay and and uh, the roles you know uh, here was played uh, uh, by you and uh, there were two other lawyers along with you i believe ruby ahuja and yes. nisha 
So three yeah. of you were involved in this entire. Uh... So no, according with me, my whole firm was involved. There were a lot okay. of lawyers handling okay. it. With them also, there were a lot of lawyers handling it. Okay, okay. If I may ask, uh, I believe uh, all these three parties were involved in their own separate uh, domain uh, in in bringing this to a closure. So, if I may ask. Uh, can you please help us with the roles that you uh, three parties played in this entire uh, game plan see uh, one was for arcelor mittal so they were driving the buyer the resolution applicant they brought in the resolution ap- applicant he he gave his bid they fought all the litigation for them mm-hmm. ruby i'm forgetting who was ruby for and we were for some of the creditors okay and uh, of course we didn't succeed there because arcelormittal is the one which succeeded okay. but it went on back and forth to it came up to supreme court a couple of times went back and before the nclt nclat board uh, okay. tribunal and all of that so we were for some of the creditors and misha was for arcelormittal like i said i'm forgetting who ruby was for but uh, maybe she was for the bankers i'm not sure okay so that's how okay so finally you know for how long this this uh, entire case you know continued and when did it finally was yeah. laid to rest i think for a year okay okay so finally how what was the outcome how how was this case settled then no it wasn't settled arcelor basically uh, after uh, arcelor mittal won at every forum Oh, and therefore okay. it succeeded in its bid so today uh, sr steel now belongs to arcelor mittal oh so they have taken it over completely okay yes they've taken it over oh, completely with okay. all its assets okay okay so apart from this case um, shelly can you tell us any other interesting case which you know had been one of your memorable cases uh, of lifetime until so far so i'm doing this case which is still it's uh, it's an it's immoralless ended now it's called people refer to it colloquially as the agr case it's uh, so i'm representing vodafone there okay uh, and it where the whole telecom industry is involved so it's a dispute which is going on since 2006 2007 mm-hmm. and has now ended in 2020 and uh, it is regarding so telecom companies pay a certain license fee right uh, and spectrum usage charges to the government which is dot department of telecom yeah, yeah for the spectrum that and the license that they have taken now that is that is based on percentage of their gross revenue okay and certain and certain things are redu- are, are are exempted from that you know there are certain exceptions which are not to be in the counted in the gross revenue so there was under definition of this adjusted gross revenue rev gross revenue after making these exceptions was called adjusted gross revenue right right this definition has been dis- in dispute since 2006 okay so the expert body which looks after telecom disputes is the telecom uh, dispute appellate tribunal mm-hmm. settlement and dispute appellate tribunal they uh, so it's called tdsat and they uh, so the dispute was pending before started before them came up to supreme court thrice okay and we succeeded at each time 
we means okay. the telecom industry okay so uh, and the last judgment was by tdi side was in 2015 where they set aside all the demands against the demands run into thousands of crores okay not small demand but run into thousands of crores for each company so mm-hmm. there was vodafone airtel um reliance so on and so forth tata and uh, so finally in the third round in the supreme court we lost the telecom in the, the decision was against the telecom industry okay. as it is and it was a hotly contested it went on for 6 months in okay. the supreme court and the judgment came out in october and uh, 2019 and uh, where the telecom industry was held against the telecom industry and they were again saddled with demands of thousands of crores mm-hmm. uh, lakhs of thousands of crores and like for example vodafone has been saddled with a demand of 54000 crores okay so not 54 crores not 54000 but 54000 crores oh. and a bulk of that is penalty and interest on penalty and all mm-hmm. of that so there is a sub- sec- again a dispute whether uh, you know so the interest and interest on penalty um uh, consists of 3/4 of the demand the principal amount is very small okay but the bulk of the demand is interest interest penalty yeah. and right. interest on penalty which takes out a third two third of the 3/4 of the demand is just that so you know we were trying to convince the court that you know this is unfair we have succeeded mm-hmm. since 2006 right. but the court has not agreed with us oh. so this has been going on for i i personally have been handling it like from 2010 okay. or 2011 okay so greatly involved with the matter you know and so having lost it was a big uh, blow big blow right. because you know they say you should not get personally involved with right. matters yeah. you do get yeah. personally involved with matters i was also handling it for reliance communication okay and reliance infrastructure the anil ambani yeah. companies yeah. then of course in the last round in the supreme court i didn't we didn't handle it because they went into insolvency also oh okay so the insolvency lawyers were looking after that okay um so um So having handled it, it stays with you. And, no, obviously, uh, I mean, you, know, uh, you have been working with this case for so long. I think since two thousand ten, eleven. Obviously, then, you know, na chate we bhi ab, you know, you become a part of that. You become a part of that entire you're thing. Part of a daily decision, yeah. you know, yeah. you your daily discussion with the absolutely uh, with the clients, and it becomes your matter. Yes, you know, absolutely. It's not so, just something you. This recent merger of Vodafone and Idea was it because of that? No, no, that uh, came uh, before. अच्छा वो पहले हुआ था क्या? Okay. Idea was also a client. Vodafone Idea merged two three years ago, but okay. that was a commercial decision. अच्छा. Nothing you know, impacted uh, because of this. Okay. No, no, no. That was a synergy. Uh, you know, because the synergies become much better, hmm. and you know, you 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 cut down on the excess. so you right. streamline your operations because yeah. instead of having everything double you can get a single thing right you know right right, um, right. So you you cut down your losses you cut down your expenses so it becomes a trimmer healthier company okay. so that was the merger that that was totally independent 
So are you also involved in any of the activities or uh, programs, you know, involving towards creating awareness among the women, obviously, to take up uh, into the, you know, to get into the legal practice or take up legal practice as their careers? No, uh, so um, sometimes, lots of time, lawyers, um, lawyers or law students also call me. Okay. So uh, sometimes we are called for lectures also, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. to address them and to address their things. But uh, and sometimes they get in touch with you because they know want to know how are their fields. Mm-hmm. People want to get in touch with you whether to send their children, whether boys or girls. Sometimes specifically they want to know whether they should send their girl. Okay. In this profession, the pros and cons. So there is no, unfortunately, there is no such program to mm-hmm. um, uh, to encourage women into entering into the profession. Okay. Not that I know of. Okay. There should be one. I could be a part of it, but um, uh, there isn't any. There isn't. But you but do like, provide guidance if anybody reaches out to you. Any time and lots of times, you know, sometimes even the law students call and um, uh, and say that, you know, I'm I am so and so and I'm studying in first year. What do you think? And okay. In your third year, we provide a lot of internships okay. also to law students. Okay. Um, summer and December, both or whenever. So lots of them come and intern with us. So do you have any blogs or anything that you write that, you know, uh, the aspirants out there in the world, I mean, they can go through that, anything that you have? No, so we write on various topics from time to time, Mm -hmm. but uh, I wish I had the time to write a blog for them. (laughs) But the the profession is such, it doesn't leave you with much time. I know. know, Earlier, I I used to write articles quite a bit on general legal topics. Okay. Now I don't have the time, so I, I don't. But so when the interns come, they discuss with mm-hmm. you and, you know, they want guidance and whatever. And they they sometimes want to know what they should do in the future mm-hmm. and what is the profession all about and all of that. So, okay. so we do that. So in whatever time we are left with, you know, the spare time, what do you like to do? What are your personal interests and hobbies? So I love to read. I love to read. The, the unfortunate um, side effect of a profession is all about reading. <laughs> so sometimes, you know. Yeah, so Don't you get bored of reading because during the, your entire law practice, you need to keep on referring the law books. That's you what need I'm to keep so on reading. My reading, my reading has taken a, a hit. Okay. But sometimes, you know, once in a while I do pick up a book because I really enjoy when I get into it. Okay. But it's like, uh, earlier on at the end of the day you know when you were in college and all of that or school yeah. end of the day you would read something and then before you sleep or just if you're on a Sunday now um, you're on, a, on one Sunday also you have conferences conferences means when we brief senior advocates right. or yeah. meeting plans and all of that yeah. so Sundays also go away so reading is except when I'm on vacation then I try and read and nowadays I, I in COVID times so I do cook on sometimes okay. on the weekend. Okay. I cook on the weekends just as a stress buster. Okay. It, it helps uh, because that is the only time my mind goes absolutely blank. Mm-hmm. So that's nice. And I love to play with my dog. So. Okay. 
So you being so busy with your schedule, you know, uh, being a lawyer, uh, how, how do your how, how does your family, you know, uh, cope up with that? I mean, what do they have to say? I mean, your your uh, family members, especially your kids. So- so they have given up. I have one daughter, <laughs> okay. but uh, now she's gone off to Canada. She studies there. She's in third year now. Okay. And uh, what is she studying, uh, by the way? Uh, she's studying psychology. Okay. She's doing a psychology honors and a history major. From there. Uh, so she has from there is uh, Western University mm-hmm. in London, Ontario. Okay. Um, studying from there, from Huron okay. College. Okay. And um, she had decided long back when she was a kid that she doesn't want to be a lawyer. Uh-huh. She doesn't want that too much work, you know, so. <laughs> you never pushed her into uh, being a lawyer? I know, I know. It's her okay. wish, you know, no one pushing. I never believed in it. So, in fact, um, you know, like I said earlier, mm-hmm. law was, to put it very bluntly in my time, they said, who has nothing else to do becomes a lawyer. But <laughs> okay. now, law, law is a very sought-after profession. Yeah, um, yeah absolutely. So they, children are going by the thousands, tens of thousands into the, every year, you know, mm-hmm. into the profession. I don't know how is the profession big enough to hold all of them. But um, she used to tell her, her friends, her classmates, you know, that if you want to join law, it's not an easy profession. She used to know them. She said, you used to work, you know, 16, 18 hours a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, she says, don't think that, uh, you know, you'll just go, don't watch Suits, you know, that serial, and uh, think it's a glamorous thing and all you will do is just, um, uh, you know, look good and, and right. just argue yeah. some fancy uh, this thing, it doesn't happen in real life. Yeah, but that was, by the way, one of my favorite serials. Uh, I mean, the series yeah, yeah. I've watched completely. But real very life addictive. is not like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, very addictive, very good, very well made. But even in the US, it's not like that. Okay. So while growing up, um, uh, I got divorced when she was six. Okay. And... Uh, uh, I remarried about six years ago. Okay. And uh, so she knew um, that her mother works. And mm. as she says today that she's learned to work hard from me, you know. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, um, but she's seen me work. I used to come late. Uh, my, I used to live with my parents or my parents lived with me, whatever. Gotcha. And, uh, and uh, so she got used to the hours, but I spent whatever time I could, you know, with her and we used to right. read and Mm-hmm. So there is this concept of quality time. I don't know whether that's quality time or not, but she doesn't grudge it. She's never grudged it. She never complained that, sure. you know, that you're not there. And she's yeah. such would grown up to be a healthy, intelligent, happy person. So okay. I guess it would have been all right. Awesome. So we have almost reached towards the end of our show, uh, Shelly. Any parting words for all such Indian women who are the law aspirants? Work hard. Don't be scared. Push forward. You're the best. You have to and believe in yourself. Don't get scared. Awesome. I wanted to say something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Men, not. Hmm. It's changed, but still, I would say at the trial court levels, try to intimidate women. You know, young girls. Then, oh, what are you? That kind. Yeah. But don't be scared. 
<laughs> I think the message actually needs to go out there in the mass. And that was the intention of, you know, having this because somewhere or the other, even I can correlate because, you know, since there are so very less few women in this particular uh, profession and I have been seeing there are so many, uh, you know, uh, programs or so many uh, platforms uh, for promoting other professions but but for you know legal profession i mean i don't see that kind of a platform anywhere uh, i'm not sure about uh, abroad uh, outside india but at least within india i have not seen that no there is nothing that's very unfortunate but i would like to say that if you're ready to and people don't like it when i say but i do believe and i think people also believe that women work harder than they're more sincere than men absolutely yeah i, I think and, and, and there's nothing to uh, you know hide in that and it's it's a known fact so if given the opportunity they always shine they always do well yes. because of their sincerity okay see intelligence is equal in all genders yes okay yeah and that's got nothing to do with genders but their zeal to work is there more in women so given right. a chance they will always shine. I know so many women lawyers and they are such fantastic lawyers. You right. take Ruby, you take Misha, they are such fantastic lawyers, yeah. Yeah. you know? Yeah. And, 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 and I know the younger lot and things have improved Bharat, but unfortunately I would say only in the metropolitans yeah. that the yeah. things have improved. Absolutely. And so, and here because people are more open-minded, they know more, yeah. So they are they they are more malleable, you know, yeah, to let yeah. their girls enter this profession. Absolutely. Also, yeah. also I think the profession is gaining in respectability. Hmm. So so um, once that trickles down, it'll right. take good ten years or so. But once it trickles down to smaller towns and to other cities, it it is bound to help. There's a manifold increase in women, so yeah. I would believe all is not lost. Absolutely. Perfect. So thank you so much for joining us today, Shelly. It was simply wonderful talking to you. And uh, all the very best to you for all your future Thanks, cases. Yeah. And uh, Dr. Yusin, thank you so much. All Bye. Right. And stay safe. You too. Thank you. Bye now. Bye. So that was Shelly Basin, who was actively involved in resolving India's largest bankruptcy case last year. She is definitely one of those women lawyers who represents a change in India's legal landscape where finding female role models is hard and are also reminders that more needs to change in the nation. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the podcast show Candid Talks with Bharat V. If you like the show, please do like, subscribe and share with others. If listening on Apple Podcasts, do not forget to rate 5 stars. If on Spotify or YouTube, do not forget to subscribe and share. This is This is Bharat Vatsa signing off for today. Duao mein yaad rakhna. Jai Hind.